Hello, and welcome to the Church Times podcast. This week, Ed Thornton speaks to Adrian Harris, the Head of Digital for the Church of England, and Thomas Allen Chapman, the Head of Publishing for Church House, about the C of E's Christmas campaign this year, Follow the Star, as well as offering daily reflections on the website and app The campaign encourages churches to make the most of the surge in interest in the 72 hours running up to Christmas Day by giving details of their services and events on the church-finding website, A Church Near You. The Church of England's digital strategy recently received industry-wide recognition when it came top in five categories at the annual Digital Impact Awards. Church House Publishing is the official publisher of the C of E. It publishes books, apps and websites under the Church House brand, including Crockford's. If you are not yet a subscriber to the Church Times, you can try your first 10 issues for just £10. Visit churchtimes.co.uk forward slash subscribe. Adrian Harris, can you just tell us a bit about yourself and what your job is? I'm Head of Digital at the Church of England. I've been in post for two years as of this month. I lead a small team of people who are really focused on how the church uses digital for evangelism, discipleship and promoting the common good. And Thomas Allen Chapman. I'm Head of Publishing for Church House Publishing, the official publisher of the Church of England. So I'm based in Church House and my responsibilities include books, apps, websites produced under the, the Church House Publishing brand, including Crockford, working with colleagues at Hymns Ancient and Modern, but also working internally very closely with uh, Adrian and his team and all the other departments and sort of national leaders within Church House to try and bring together the messages and the resources that Church needs and make them available in, in all the formats that, uh, that, that, that we can. And this um, hashtag follow the star campaign you've been working on closely together. Adrian, tell us, tell us about it. What's it about? What's its purpose? Our campaign this year, hashtag follow the star, it follows lots of research that we did uh, from last year's campaign, hashtag God with us, that had a reach of around 6.8 million last year. And what we did after that campaign is we went and spoke to people to understand what they'd like to see more of. And we looked at the analytics of the campaign and what churches told us and those who are exploring faith is there was a real, really clear desire to explain the Christmas story in a really accessible format, but also to really think particularly about families to really think about those people who are exploring faith. And that's why this year we've, we've trebled the number of resources that we've made available to churches. Can I just ask, when you talk about a reach of 6.8 million, can yeah. you dig down a little bit what that, what that is? What that means is that isn't a unique number, so someone may have seen that content more than once, but that is across our social media platforms. That's how the number that saw our campaign, that isn't a unique number, but that's people who saw the reflections, that's people who watched the videos, it's people who came to our, our website. So that's the overall reach of the campaign last year. And, and that's a big increase from the previous year which was 1.5 million. And is that in the, mainly in England? Or is it- yes, mainly in England. And I suppose the other key thing that to note, and this is where the relationship with the publishing team is really important and, and where digital and print are really important, is this is a campaign that spans across the different platforms and also it's about how we make resources available to, to churches and to, and to regular churchgoers and those exploring faith across the range of channels that we've got available. This year we're also adding an app which will be available from the end of November 
as an additional way for people to access the daily reflections that start on Christmas Eve and go through all the way till Epiphany. One of the reasons why Follow the Star seemed to be the right subject for the campaign this year was that Epiphany happily falls on a Sunday. So hopefully every church that keeps Epiphany is going to be doing that on the Sunday. So in fact the sort of call to action on the last day is explore find an epiphany service near you and go along. We're hoping that people will embrace that. And the app, as I say, will be an extra way of people accessing this daily journey from Christmas Eve to Epiphany. That builds on what we learned in our Lent campaign where we, we added uh, app uh, technology into that. And that really got a very good level of engagement and also allows us to add in audio alongside the text and the images that are already in the reflections. And on the app you've got these reflections by um, Isabel Hamley, who's the Archbishop of Canterbury's chaplain. Yep. 12 short reflections that people can read and listen to as well. That's the idea, yeah. Right. A very short Bible reading from one of the narratives associated with Christmas and through to Epiphany as well. And people will have to listen to a very accessible reflection. There's a short sort of challenge, a sort of prompt to think about what that might mean for you in your daily life and a very simple prayer as well. What's been so interesting as well from this year to last year is we looked at the analytics about when people engage with content and between Christmas and New Year we saw that there were very very high levels of engagement and people were quite disappointed when it stopped on New Year's Day. So what we've done is we've shifted it exactly as Thomas says so that it it matches the Christmas season finishing on Epiphany but we're also responding to what users have said which is that people want to engage with that content over that period when it is a bit quieter and to have something that leads them through. I suppose the other big thing as well is that we've seen from a church near you how the general public particularly engage in that last 72 hours before Christmas Day. So it literally, uh, I mean, absolutely skyrockets the level of traffic. And what we've tried to do is, is respond to that in the materials that we're sharing and really trying to encourage churches to update their services and events on a church near you. Because last year, the level of traffic, it was 50% up on the year before, now that we've got the new platform in place. So there is a massive opportunity for churches particularly with all the new functionality the team's just rolled out, to have it as your local website, to to put news and events into it, to see how people are using it with analytics. There's a huge amount that churches can do with it, but we really, really encourage churches to put their services and events in because we think it's going to have even more engagement with it this year and, and we're going to be pushing people as much as possible to a church near you. In terms of the wider public who might not attend church regularly, are they... Do you think they're getting into the Christmas spirit quite near to Christmas itself when perhaps the shopping's done and some of the other arrangements and yeah. they're suddenly thinking about the significance of it? I think that's exactly right. And it, this is what's so fascinating about the work that we're doing, that we're, we're still in the early stages of it collectively mm-hmm. across Church House. But what is fascinating is to see how the general public come to things relatively sort of late in the run-up to Christmas. And that's allowed us to really shape what we're doing around that as well as obviously thinking about our regulars so that we can have the most impact and and encourage the most people into churches I mean at its simplest at its heart we want people to gather in community and hear a Christian message at this key moment in the Christian year. So if you're someone who doesn't attend church regularly who thinks I'd really like to go to a carol service or a midnight mass or or find out about my family service or crib service how, how would they become aware of this? 
if they don't read the church press or follow <coughs> church social media. So we're running a social media ad campaign this year, particularly with explorers and those who are open to Christianity, focusing on Facebook and Instagram to really encourage people. And we're also looking at things like Google AdWords as well, so that across the range of platforms people use when they're searching for services, that we can encourage them into a church near you to find it. And I suppose we can help bring that traffic in where we really, really need our churches across the country and, and uh, in Europe is to put their services and events in it. It just takes a couple of minutes and we think it could have a really big impact this year. And the idea being someone could then go onto a church near you, type in where they live. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's as simple as you go on it, put in your postcode and it will show you services and events that are taking place near you. I suppose the key thing as well is that this isn't just a national thing. So we haven't sat in Westminster and come up with this together. We've done a workshop with dioceses. We've spoken to churches across the country. So this is very much a CV campaign that has been built with people right across the church. And what's been so interesting is that we've already had more than 15,000 page views on the Christmas resources for churches. So we've already had huge levels of engagement to the blog we've put up, to all the resources that are now available, that is really exceeds what we had last year already. And we're already starting to see churches putting their services and events in for Christmas. I think a lot of churches have said to me, it's brilliant what you're doing. We couldn't afford to do something that looks as good as this. But we can make things that look good and, and, and provide quality resources. But actually, they're on the ground and they have got the, you know, what they can do is then make that their own. And we're encouraging churches to display stars on their churches. And, and there's a big event planned for the 19th of December. The 21st of December, I stand corrected, and actually really want to use that to build awareness at a local level and hopefully national, national level that there's something really exciting going on in these local churches, wonderful local churches, who will have owned this and, and built it into their Christmas celebrations in, in their own ways. And that will hopefully be visible in a way that, uh, that will really sort of draw people in who perhaps haven't sort of crossed the threshold or in a while. We've also got an advent calendar as well that we're making available which is full of family resources so that will be an online advent calendar available every day and then we're doing a, a daily resource throughout Christmas to Epiphany as well which uh, which families can use which individuals can use it's got little individual craft activities as well and each day you can open the virtual window and there's a little activity to do and I think that's what will be fascinating when we get to the end of the campaign as Thomas says where we've made all these resources available across a range of different platforms we've uh, probably trebled the amount of content and resources that are available this year and it will be really interesting when we look at when we get into January what what's worked and what hasn't and it'll be fascinating to as we start to build for Lent and for our next um, Christmas campaign as well. Thomas on the, on the content of hmm. hashtag follow the star and there was a letter from Adrian Alka of the Progressive Christianity Network in as we speak in this week's Church Times of the 12th of October he, he has a few complaints that you might want to respond to just saying that the fraught reflections in the campaign present a literal presentation of angels, shepherds and kings. While parents and children might choose to suspend reasonable belief and treat the Christmas stories as families treat Father Christmas, would the church and its bishops please treat us for the rest of the year as though we have some brains and can distinguish story from fact? So he, I mean, from the progressive side of the church, seems to be saying that the, the campaign is a little bit literalistic. How would you respond to that? I think the word story is interesting because I noticed that in his letter he uses the word story in different senses, both in a sort of positive and slightly pejorative way. I think the key point which I would agree and say that what the book is trying to do is to show that the infancy narratives in the Gospels are preludes to the evangelist's overall portrayal of Jesus as the Christ of God. That's exactly the journey we want to take people on 
through infancy narratives into some of the stories about Jesus, the beginning of Jesus' public ministry. And that's the point at which we end, so that the, the full sort of resonance of Epiphany, that, that not just the miracle of the, the visitation by the, the Magi, but also the revelation of Jesus' his baptism and his first miracle and sign at the wedding of Cana. That's exactly the journey we want to take people on. I think we're on the same page. I think some of the issues uh, that he uh, foregrounds, actually many churches and pastors don't want to foreground at that point because it's not productive. Okay, yeah, and where can parish churches find out more? So if they go to churchofengland.org slash Christmas, there's all the details on there about how you can get involved. And the, I suppose our prayer and, and hope is that this campaign encourages people to, to take that life-changing journey this year, uh, and particularly for those who are exploring. Adrian, you, you came in as a head of digital for Church of England two years ago now, and you came on the podcast sometime last year, quite shortly after you'd taken up that role. Just wondering uh, kind of what's happened since. Has, has there been a lot of change? It's been very hectic, but it's been wonderful to come and serve God and the church in this way. It's been wonderful working with colleagues across the church to try and really speed up the way in which we use digital, but also really thinking about our audiences, thinking about how do we help equip regular churchgoers, how do we help equip those who are exploring faith. And at the heart of everything we do, how do we support local churches across the traditions across the country, across the diocese in Europe. Since we last met, we've relaunched the Church of England website. So again, we've worked with Thomas very closely on on that. We've made that very focused on explorers, whilst also enabling those who want to find out about Synod, about all the other sort of governance areas of the church. So all our audiences can use that in a clearer way. We've completely rebuilt from scratch a church near you. We've supported both archbishops teams with relaunching their websites again working with with really close with thomas we've had several link campaigns two two christmas campaigns what's been wonderful is to see how churches are really engaging and i think one of the areas that really gives me hope is in the area of training where we're now seeing how churches are really really keen to be trained on how to write in plain English. So we really try and encourage that, write in plain English, not patronising people, but writing in simple language to make it as accessible as possible, but also how to write, how to use social media. And we actually can't keep up with the pace of requests for training, so we run it right across the country. Does that training come at a cost? For no, that? it's completely free. And and everything that we offer, so the all the stuff that we've done with a church near you, where you can get your church website for free, you can turn your, your page into a site for free, you can access a whole range of things that your church can use. What we're trying to do is really play that catch-up very, very quickly so that we can provide something that's that looks inviting, is professional, and from a church's point of view, has a very low barrier to entry because we know how stretched and busy our churches are which is why when we're doing all this work, we make sure that we work with with a range of churches on it. Do do we know yet much about whether reaching people online translates into people going to church, or is it just too early to tell? 
we're still at quite an early point in this and that we're two years in what we do see is is quite a lot of anecdotal feedback that we have reported to us from local churches where say they've engaged with sites like a church near you fully or they've engaged with campaigns and they've seen increases in attendance so yes we're still at early stages on it but at the heart of everything that we're doing as you've seen with follow the star materials it's about encouraging people into churches across the country so we do put that at the heart of our our campaigns one development that's generated a lot of, sort of national publicity is, is Alexa. A lot of the newspapers reported on it. Thomas, you've been involved in developing that. We worked very closely with both Adrian's team and also the um, app agency that we've been working with at Church House Publishing for a number of years who worked with us to develop a skill for the uh, Alexa sort of smart speaker programme. Voice has been something that I have really felt has been a place that we need to do so much more because we have 23,000 people using our daily prayer app every month. What are they looking at? They're looking at material that is from common worship, all material that's designed to be read aloud. And it feels that it's always felt to me that that's something we should be doing more of. Alexa is a way of demonstrating very clearly that voice is a new channel for everyone who wants to communicate a message. And we, we very much have a message to communicate. We've worked with Adrian and his team to get daily content that allows people to access both information about faith, the sort of basics of faith, prayer content that changes every day. And we've just released a whole new set of prayers and prayer content into it, including a family prayer and changes to night prayer and morning prayer and a much more sort of mixing up much more content in there so that people could get a much more richer, richer diet of, of prayer content. And also, again, allowing people to simply ask the question, where's my nearest church? And get the answer. So, you know, this is about technology helping us to do the things that if there was a Christian in the room, those were the things that they might want to help with them. There are obviously limits to what it can do, but it's a really good step. When I saw one, I think, video where a parent was saying, Alexa, please say grace for the family. I mean, can it be taken too far where, you know, perhaps a, a mum or dad should say grace <coughs> with the children rather than outsource it to a piece of technology? I would say that's entirely desirable, but when are they going to learn? Where are they going to learn? Who's giving them words to use or showing them how to... So I see Alexa is is modelling something right. and perhaps teaching something. Most story and most prayer, again, it's all designed to be spoken <coughs> and learned by ear. It's almost it's permission giving. I think people, that once those words have been spoken in that room, important to say that none of the prayer content is read by an automated voice. They've all been specifically recorded, yes. mostly from the staff around Church House, Lambeth Palace. I've been there when they've all been recorded. And, you know, all the people, when they've been recording them, they've been praying them. Uh, so I think that, you know, I can understand that people's concerns that it might not be authentic, but I think we've done everything that we can to mean that it, it carries that significance. It, it can it be the sort of thing that, that people will pick up and, you know, they will stop asking Alexa for it and they'll start saying it themselves. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Church Times podcast. You can find more news, analysis, comment and book reviews on our website, churchtimes.co.uk. If you are not yet a subscriber to the Church Times, you can try your first 10 issues for just £10. You'll get the paper delivered to your door every Friday, plus full access to our website and digital archive. Go to churchtimes.co.uk forward slash subscribe to find out more. The music for this podcast was provided by Sought After Sounds. Tune in next Friday for the next episode.